Paul in Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Uh, and we're in this season of good dirt. And we truly believe God wants to bloom something beautiful in me. But first, I have to become... Oh, man, we got one little amen corner here that knows exactly where we're headed. Hey, God wants to bloom something beautiful in me, but first, I have to become... Got to become good dirt. Dirt is the soil of our heart. God wants to do something in your life. He wants to do something through your life. He wants to make an impact on behalf of you and through you and in you. But first, the soil of your heart has to be ready to receive the seed of what God wants to do. Okay, so we talked about soil last week. This week, we're moving to sowing. So we go from being the right soil to sowing the right seeds. It's in Galatians 6, 7 through 9. Paul says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. We were just talking about that. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Today is as simple as it can possibly be. In fact, I will tell you, um, last night I was sitting here looking at this message and this outline, and I knew several weeks ago this is where the Lord wanted us to go, but I was asking the Lord because usually I'll gather all week and then I'll structure it and then I have to edit things and pull things out most of the time. But this time I thought, man, it's pretty well all here. Lord, do, do I need to add more? Is this enough? <laughs> right? Crazy, right? Lord, is this enough? Is this going to be enough to speak? And the Lord said, it's always enough. His gospel is always enough. His truth is always enough. So here's what I want to give you. I want to give you Probably one of the most simple outlines that we've ever followed, but I don't want it to be just simple knowledge. I want it to be simple seed that hits a soil that begins to reproduce seed and begins to throw seed out because as simple as this is, if you don't do it, it means nothing. It can be as simple. Listen how so. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. It is passages like this that make me a terrible counselor. They really do. It is just like, to me, it's, it's so black and white. You, you're reaping what you're sowing. And you're going to reap more of what you're sowing. So if what you're sowing is anger and bitterness and rage and jealousy and lies and gossip, then you're going to reap anger, bitterness, jealousy, rage, lies, and gossip. It's, it's just right here. That's called being an Enneagram 8. This right here, this right here, make your choice. That's what you got. But in order for us to really dive into this passage, we have to understand something. A universal principle of Scripture is sowing and reaping. Shows up over and over and over. In fact, I'll read you a couple of them. Proverbs 22, 8 says, Those who plant injustice will harvest disaster, and their reign of terror will come to an end. Job talks about it. Job 4, 8, My experience shows that those who plant trouble 
and cultivate evil will harvest the same. Hosea 10, 12-13, an entire metaphor about the children of Israel and rebellion against God. And he says, I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may shower righteousness upon you. Verse 13, but what have they done? You've cultivated wickedness and harvested a thriving crop of sins. You've eaten the fruit of lies, trusting in your military might, believing that great armies could make your nation safe, sowing and reaping. A man gets what he sows. Here's the three places we're going to go. Number one, we have to understand the importance and the gravity of sowing and reaping. What, why is this so important? What is the importance behind it? Number two, we have to understand what are we sowing and reaping? What, what is the seed? You talk about sowing a good seed. Okay, what is that seed and how do I do it? And then finally, we just have a charge to keep sowing. The importance of sowing and reaping, what are we sowing, and keep sowing no matter what. Before we dive in, I had a friend who, um, he, he called me one day, and it was the most odd thing I've ever heard. He was like, hey man, do you want some watermelons? <laughs> right? Like, what? I was like, is this a joke? He said, no man, do you, do you want some watermelons? And I was like, okay, sure. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring by your house some watermelons. Like, you want what, like 10, 20? I'm like, what? What are you doing, man? Like, what, is, what are you talking about? And he said, man, I'm in a really big, I'm in a really big bind. <laughs> How do you get in a bind with a bunch of watermelons, right? So was like, uh, okay, explain to me what's going on. And he said, okay. He said, my mom lives behind us and she's got 20 acres and we love watermelons. So we decided that we would plant some seeds and have some watermelons. He said, so I planted 20 seeds and we cultivated the row and we planted the seeds and after we planted the seeds, it just kind of rained. It was sunny. Everything was good. And he said, next thing I know, I had 20 vines of watermelons with 170 watermelons in my mom's backyard. I said, what? He said, I, I did not realize that a seed of this watermelon created a vine that then reproduced watermelons all over my mom's backyard. He said, my mom called me one day and was like, if you want to continue to live where you live, you better make these watermelons disappear. He said, man, we've been blowing them up. We've been shooting them. We've been running them over with pickup trucks. And I'm giving them away to everybody that I can find because I don't know what to do with everything that I got. Take that illustration and put it into your life. Are the seeds that you're sowing right now going to produce the multiplied harvest in your future that you want? The things that you're sowing on a daily basis, are they going to produce the multiplied harvest in your future that you envision for yourself? Let me tell you something. It is one thing to see a harvest. It's another thing to sow a seed. It is easy to see a harvest. Get on Instagram and look at your favorite follow and see their harvest. Can I tell you something? You are at a tremendous disadvantage. If all you ever see is harvest and you don't know the seeds that were sown to get there. You are at a wild disadvantage. If all you see are the harvest and you've never seen the seeds that they've sown. I tell people this all the time. You know, my first job in ministry was, some of you have been around here long enough, you know what it was. I was a middle school ministry intern. You know what that means? That means the guy that gets everything that nobody wants to do dumped on him. 
The church that I was at had done a July 4th party, and their first, this July 4th party had fireworks and everything. They had inflatables. They invited the whole city. The whole city showed up. The whole city tailgated, and the whole city left their trash afterwards. That Monday, man, I'm the middle school ministry intern. I'm rolling in. I'm thinking, man, we ain't going to do nothing but pray and worship and heal the sick and, and give sight to the blind and, you know, study together. And I walked in there, and one guy handed me a roll of black trash bags and a, a handle that had a little, little nail at the end of it. And he was like, hey, middle school ministry intern, right? I was like, praise Jesus. And he said, okay, go out there and clean up the hill. I was like, what? He's like, no, 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 the hill. We, there, there's trash from the outreach. You got to go clean up the hill. And my first job, first day of ministry, I was walking up and down a hill, stabbing trash, putting it in a bag, stabbing trash, putting it in a bag. And, and on the outside in the flesh, I was just a useless trash boy. But on the inside in the spirit, I was sowing a seed. I was sowing a seed because I knew God wanted me in ministry. I knew he wanted me to serve him in the church. And I just sowed one seed, sowed two seeds, sowed three seeds. And people will see a harvest of a church filled to the back with people in the lobby wishing they had a seat to get in here and think, wow, isn't that great? This started with a seed of picking up trash. I remember preaching sermons in my car on my way home from waiting tables because nobody wanted to hear me preach. Literally, I would wait tables at Jose Peppers and afterwards I'd, I'd do the closing shift and I'd drive home from Bible college to the apartment that I was living in at the time and I would just preach to myself. I, was pre I preached so good I had to pull over and amen myself because nobody wanted to be a part of what was going on. And, and what was I doing? I was just sowing a seed. Just sowing a seed. You want God to give you the harvest what are the seeds in the ground right now? Don't come talk to me about, hey, I want to be a pastor of a church on a college campus that's growing, that's reaching people, and you don't even know what church you go to or where you're serving at. Even, uh, where, where do you go? Well, I go here, and then I go here, and then I play around here, and then I mess around with this, and this is kind of fun. Where do you volunteer? Well, I was going to, but I'm a little bit. What seeds? The harvest is easy. The seeds are in the dirt. The seeds are right here. The harvest is in the clouds, but the seeds are in the dirt. And you got to get your hands dirty before you wind up flying in the sky. you got to start cultivating something. So Paul walks us through this, right? And he talks to us in Galatians 6, verse 7, with to understand the importance of what it means to sow and to reap. We've got to catch the gravity of this. Galatians 6, verse 7, he says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. There's two parts that are happening here. One, I can be deceived. Two, God will not be mocked. Then he says, A man reaps what he sows. Let's start with God cannot be mocked. That is a Greek word that literally means turn your nose up. It's like you will not turn your nose up to God. You will not look at something that God is trying to do in you and turn your nose up and mock God. God will not be mocked. My son the other day says to me that he wants to eat a good, healthy breakfast. I was like, who, where did you hear that from, and what do you want from me right now? He's like, no, I want a good, healthy breakfast. 
I was like, okay, great. I went downstairs. Where's Anna? Anna's not here. Anna's my witness. I went downstairs. I'm getting ready to go to the office, but I was like, okay, my precious boy, he wants a good, healthy breakfast. I got this really good toast, and I toasted this bread, and I made this egg, and I, I made it real fluffy. I put a little milk and a little butter in there to get it fluffy, you know, and so I had, I had the egg ready. I even shaped it in the form of the bread. I'm talking when it got a little firm, I held the piece of bread over it, and I shaped it around, and then I flipped it over. I put some cheese on it, salt and pepper, and a little Arno seasoning, man, that stuff on eggs is just fire, right? It's not just for Cajun, it's for everything. And so I put some of that on there, and then I put the cheese, and I put it together, and the cheese had melted perfectly. The eggs were fluffy but not firm. I took it, I set it on a plate, I cut it in half diagonal, right? Because Waffle House does. And so I had it cut halfway in diagonal. I opened it up just a little bit so you could see that cheese falling. It was an incredible breakfast, and I put it before him, and he looked at it, and he said, that's disgusting. He said, I don't want that. And I was like, well, that's a shame. Now you're going to eat it in one bite. You know? <laughs> but I mean, I'm like, you're going to turn your nose up to me? You asked me for this, and now I don't want this. So Paul is saying we can't do to God. We can't pray for one thing and then sow into something else. We can't pray, God, heal my marriage, and then just continue to be, excuse me, but a jerk of a husband. We can't pray for God to do a work in our kids and then never sow a seed of life into them. Never do anything. We can't pray for God to bless and then sow into destruction. Paul is saying, God's not mocked. You can't look at the sandwich and say, I don't want that, God. What are the seeds that you've sown? What are you sowing into? Because a man reaps what he sows. If you will circle that, that is indefinite, which means there's no rules around it. There's no ways around it. You reap what you sow. You get what you sow. And you have to sow in order to enter a season of reaping. One more story about that. It makes me think of um, my first time when I got to Texas, our first year here. I have a friend, his name's Pete, and he came to me and he said, hey, uh, what's your plans? Do you he said, do you have your Christmas tamales? I, I know nothing of this tradition, but I'm happy to embrace it, right? You're telling me eating Mexican food's a tradition, then I'm on it one, two, three days a week, right? So he says, hey, do you have your Christmas tamales? And I was like, no, but uh, how do I get them? And he said, oh, man, come to my house. He said, I'll, I'll get you taken care of. So I was like, oh, sweet, Christmas tamales, great, I'll see you. So I went the next day to his house. And I knew something was fishy when I first arrived. I showed up, and he looked at me, and he was like, whoa, you actually came. And I'm like, yeah, you're talking tamales. You're talking my language, right? Like, what do we do? And he said, okay. He said, your job is putting the masa in the husks. And I was like, no, I, and he could tell, like, right when he said that. He, and he even said, I remember, he said, hey, hey, his whole family was there. He said, Proud Hispanic guy. He said, hey, he said, white boy thought he was going to show up and get his tamales and leave. And I'm like, uh, wasn't that the plan, friend? Like, what? Are, so I, I mean, I spent hours putting that stuff inside of those husks and, you know, mushing it out and getting it all inside. And I was, I was gross. I had it all over me and they're filling them and they're steaming them. And afterwards he came up to me and he said, hey, don't worry. He said, they taste a whole lot better when you make them yourself. 
I tell you something, your harvest tastes a whole lot better when you sow the seeds yourself. Your harvest tastes, a man reaps what he sows. You're going to get what you put into the ground. It's not just what you dream about, but it's what you sow into. And then he continues on. So we talk about the importance of sowing. You will get what you sow every time, all the time. Now, what are we sowing and reaping? This is the important part. Galatians 6.8, he says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul is referencing chapter 5 where he talked about the fruits of the Spirit. Where he went in and he said, this is what it looks like to live for your sinful flesh. And this is what it looks like to live for your spirit. So when we talk about sowing and reaping, and we talk about sowing to the flesh, or we talk about sowing to the Spirit... Here are the things that we're talking about. Galatians 5, 19-25. He says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone who's living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit, this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ, catch this, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. So he is saying, in effect, if you are sowing to your flesh, the things that were mentioned, you reap the destruction. If you are sowing to the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are going to bear themselves in your life. Let's, let's, let's have a little uh, a game here real quick. Um, let me ask you this. Let me, let me post you the question, see if I get it right, and then you all, as a show of hands, pick which one that you would pick. If you were given one of the two choices, you could take a penny and then multiply it Every day by itself, you could double it every day for 31 days. Would you take that or would you take $1 million check cash right out, right out of the gate? First day, you're presented with this. You could take $1 million for 31 days or you can take one penny, multiply it by itself every day for 31 days. Who's taking the $1 million? Come on, you know it's a trick. You all are just playing along. You don't really know. You don't really know who's taken the one penny multiplied by itself. Who has no clue? <laughs> like, I don't know. I was just kind of in between. Let me tell you something. One million dollars or a penny multiplied by itself for 31 days. One penny multiplied by itself, doubled every day over 31 days is $10,700. Winds up being $10,700 versus one million. Now let's, let's play another game for all of you that are just too smart for the illustration. Uh, what if we did 27 days? Who wants to take a penny for 27 days multiplied by itself? Who's taking the penny still? Who's still taking the penny? Who's still taking the penny? Now who's taking the million? Who's taking the million? Okay, 27 days, it's 681,000. You lost 400 grand. 
the power of the compounding multiplication. But I, I give you that illustration to tell you this. Sowing one small thing, one small thing over and over and over and over is the way you get to the harvest that you long for. Here's your homework assignment. Out of all of the things that we mentioned, I want you right now to pick one of the seeds. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Those are the seeds that we have to choose from. I want you to pick one of those seeds. And for 31 days, I want you to sow that seed every single day. Write it down. Put it in your phone. Come on, move. Do something right now. Pick one of the seeds. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. You've got the choice. One small seed. Over 31 days, and then May 26th, I want you to figure out the harvest that you reap. One small seed. That's all he's saying. It's just over and over. I'm going to sow kindness into my marriage every single day for 31 days. I'm going to sow self-control into my character every single day for 31 days. I'm going to sow gentleness. That'd be a great one for an Enneagram 8 too, right? I'm going to sow gentle. I'm going to be calm and patient and not blow up or flare or, or give it to you straight or anything like that for 31 days. And I'm going to see the harvest that it reaps in my life. I'm going to sow. These are the things that Paul is talking about when we talk about sowing and reaping and sowing good seed. You've got nine choices right here. Pick one. Sow it for 31 days and see what God does. And then we finish here. Galatians 6, verse 9. This is where I wanted to land. He says, then let us not become weary in doing good. This is so important. In fact, let's, let's just park there for one second. What is he saying when he says, let us not become weary in doing good? He's referencing the seed we just talked about sowing. So he's saying, don't become weary in being gentle. Don't become weary in being kind. Don't become weary in being loving. Don't become weary in being joyful. Don't become weary in being self-controlled. Don't become weary in being loving or any of these love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. He's saying those are the good things. Don't become tired of doing them. Why? For at the proper time, we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. It's something to understand with the way God's timing works. There's two words for timing in the Bible. There's chronos, which is day, hour, minute, week, everything. It is a specified time that is measured. Chronos is specified time. Then there's kairos, which is a season. Okay? God works in seasons. God doesn't work in this minute and that minute. When we pray, God, over the next 60 minutes, I need you to do something. That's not how God's timing works. God does not work in chronos. God works in kairos, which is seasons. God leads you through life in seasons. When you begin to recognize the season that you're in, you can sow the seed that you need to sow to experience the harvest that you long for according to the season. So when Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good, it can become weary in doing good. But don't give up. Why? Because the season of harvest is coming to you. The season that you long for is coming. Let me, let me, let me just try and illustrate it this way. okay? Because too often we get stuck in 
every minute, every hour, every day, every week. And God is trying to move us through seasons. He's trying to teach us that there are seeds to be sown in every season. And there's a harvest in every season. And if we recognize the season and we sow the seed, we reap the harvest that he has for us. I, um, uh, they, they say transparency builds trust with an audience, right? So I just want you to know I'm, I'm just like you. Uh, and I really almost said my first harsh, violent cuss word I've said in a really long time last week. Right? We're right, right? Any other cussers in the room? No, I'm just kidding. Don't raise your hand. But I was, I was doing box jumps. Why do human beings do box jumps? I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was like, you know, I don't know why I'm doing burpees, box jumps, and this, that, and the other. He's like, I don't ever see a time in my life where I'm going to jump over a box, do a burpee, deduct something, and then jump up and do a power clean and then save somebody's life, right? Like, what am I, what am I thinking? Anyways, no, we're, we're in this realm, and I was doing what is called burpees over box. Does anybody know what on earth burpee over box is? Anyone else do this themselves? Like, what, what am I doing to my, all right. So I'm doing burpee over box. 10 rounds. On round 10, I can hardly breathe. And I leaped. And if you have ever done this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I missed the box. And when I missed the box, I went down on my shin on top of that box and front flipped over the other end of the box. And I, I, I was so out of breath, I couldn't cuss. Or I wanted to really, really bad, right? But I was just like, it was hurting and throbbing so bad, I thought my leg was in half. I was like, I am finished. The box flipped over. I flipped over the box. I landed on my face, and I was like, like, what just happened? And it throbbed for a week. I was walking around, and Canaan's like, what happened, Dad? Don't ask me that right now. I don't want to relive that moment of, of what just occurred, right? But I've been doing these, these workouts, and um, they're called EMOMs. Stands for every minute on the minute. I did them because they sounded attractive. It sounded easy, right? Ten minutes, every minute on the minute. I'm like, what? Ten minute workout? I'm in. This is great. And then I, I have never experienced something that lasts longer than a 10-minute EMOM doing burpees and box jumps and cleans and snatches and squats. I'm like, what it, how is this happening? Right? Like, what is going on here? But then something happens because I get into this, and it's just 10 minutes. And the 10 minutes feels like it lasts an eternity. But when the 10 minutes are over... All of the sudden, I feel an accomplishment that I just couldn't begin to muster every minute on the minute. When God moves in our lives, it's not minute by minute. It is season by season. It is workout by workout. So what I'm, what I'm telling you is this. If you are going through a time right now where you were like, I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. You need to quit worrying about tomorrow and focus on the season. And find the seed out of the nine that we mentioned that God wants you to sow into that season. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. What is the seed? And if you begin sowing that seed in that season, then the harvest season that you long for is coming. 